was me. So I, I totally get it. I didn't have schooling for close to seven months uh, when I was in Puerto Rico as a result of the hurricane. So I go back to how I felt. I want to see my friends. I want to see my teacher. And, and that has me all fired up to just do this work and, and make sure that, well, some of them are not going to be in person, that it's still a magical experience because it's all about the connection and how we receive them. Welcome back. Uh, it's our second episode of the In This Together docuseries. We haven't talked in about three weeks. Um, how are things going? They're good. They're good. We keep coming back every day, uh, just giving 100% for kids and teachers. So um, I will tell you, I'm, I'm kind of um, getting anxious. I want to see the kids. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about that. They are, uh, the students are a topic on my list later. Of course, everything we do is about the students, but I want to ask you some specific questions about that coming up. But sure. let's let's start with kind of going back and reviewing where we were. Last time we spoke, uh, and that episode is still available for anybody who wants to watch it, um, you were getting ready to implement a plan that called for remote learning to start. And you and Prince William, and I think in Virginia in general, were looking at trying to bring in English learners and other students um, to have opportunities to kind of come into the school, um, those who need it. Has anything changed on that front? Is that still the plan so far or has that been happening? Yes, yes. Um, L's continue to be the priority. So um, really since the last time we spoke, uh, the plan has not changed and all of the work that we have been doing is around that, um, how to support teachers and students in an in-person and virtual environment. So we're, we're ready. We're coming back. Uh, well, students are coming back September 8th. Our teachers are already uh, working and we have been working around that plan. Yeah, so you're one of the districts, one of these kind of East Coast districts, and I'm in the Northeast, that I think kind of have the benefit of seeing how things go in other places, maybe learning a little bit. I've spoken with two other um, people on the docuseries so far that have already started school. They're either in their first or second weeks. Um, so it's always interesting to note sort of what's happening in the planning phase and what we're learning um, from others. Um, we also talked a lot about last time about supporting teachers and giving them a space to innovate in this sort of crazy time and take the lead as like a really kind of uh, silver lining of this whole thing. Um, and you taught, told the story about one teacher who you observed on Zoom who's doing this incredible work with, with newcomers. And you even said, like, this is a woman who could become the voice of the field. Um, what have you observed since then that has sort of continued to demonstrate that, that might be the case? Well, so we don't have um, students now. That was during summer school. But we have been very intentional about engaging in conversations with teachers that we've heard about. So it has been really neat just to ask them questions. Uh, we've also had groups of teachers creating curriculum and uploading it into our learning management system. So that has been really neat. And then offer professional learning sessions around how to use those units of study and resources that we put together for, for teachers in the classroom. Um, I've had meetings with, with some of them just really seeking for feedback and an input that has influenced how we're moving forward, what we're offering, how we're changing things. 
we have a meeting scheduled next week with our department chairs. So I'm looking forward to that because they really are going to let us know how they're preparing for the students and what we can do to, to support them. So yes, I mean, it, it's part of the work. Yeah. So much anticipation right now. Like there's just so much anticipation. I can't even imagine, you know, I've, I've been out of the classroom for a while now, but I'm sort of living vicariously through you all and through all the teachers that we support here at Elevation and through my own kids and, and, and their teachers. And like part of it is part of it. I say, wow, that's, a lot of work and I can't even imagine doing it right now, but actually part of it makes me think what an incredible time to be an educator and particularly to be sort of a leader of, of English learners, to be able to kind of really take everything we're learning right now and apply it to something good, you know? Well, and Steve, I will say that sometimes I'm in a place where I'm thinking out loud and, and thinking of ideas and just to have people that will come back, we can do this or I thought about a better way and I just have to co-sign <laughs> the project is just amazing. Uh, and it just makes it easier to come back every day because you know, you're surrounded with people who care and who are all in. Is it easy? Uh, no. Do we have Dr. Phil moments where we're going <laughs> to cry because um, we don't know, okay, how is this project going to, uh, you know, going to start, but we we just do it and we do what what I like to call make magic happen. Yesterday was just an example with parent engagement. We had offered some sessions on the new learning management system, and typically we would have between three hundred parents. And one of my colleagues, uh, he he purchased. Uh, you know, Zoom to have more people. And we right. ended up with 1,500, uh, which can be kind of scary because you're thinking, how are we going to manage questions? Do we have enough people? But you know what? People showed up. We just uh, modeled how to use the tool. We had enough people for the chat. And then at the end, we just said, wow, we just did it. And we served 1,500 families uh, that are going to be better as a result of this. It wasn't complicated, right? We could have created this uh, sophisticated proposal and we did it. We just just did it. We showed up. Uh, we did life together. And our parents are very appreciative of that. Well, I, I have to tell you, there's so many, I'm seeing so many parallels in the conversations I'm having with people from like totally different districts. Just case in point, and, and this is uh, an episode that we've actually already released. We were talking with Juan Corona and Maribel Taboada, who are the EL director and the assistant superintendent um, in Maywood, which is right outside of Chicago. And when I tell you that they said the exact same thing, number one, he said his words were, it's all hands on deck here. Everybody's in, you said all in, and that's what we do. And we, you know, we do it and, and we're okay. And the other thing, I was already thinking of that when you said that, and then you got into the, the, uh, the I don't know, it was the LMS or the parent portal. His is a parent portal, but it was the same thing, the family engagement piece. He said, I could not believe how many people came in and joined in. And this is something that for years we've been preaching and trying to tell parents and families, hey, this is available. So it's just, I mean, yeah, it can be totally intimidating when you have that many people and maybe not even the technology to support it. But what a great thing to know that we're really capitalizing on these moments and families are engaged. And Steve, you know, 
while I was there, because I was in awe, the number of participants kept coming up and up and up. And I said, oh, they're coming. So historically, if, if you ask a principal or you ask um, folks at school, they will tell you, you need to have food for people to come. You need to have this to engage families. There was none of that. There was just real people modeling a tool, doing life together with our families and allowing for questions to be asked and creating this common space where we are just doing life together. Yeah. And it was beautiful. It was not complex at all. There was no script. Uh, it was just a space where they could just be vulnerable, ask questions and us let them know we are here for you. And this is how you can connect with us. This is how you can get more information. These are the tools that we have available. It was, it was great. And I think we're going to be stronger as a result of um, doing things like this. It's great. You know, and one of the questions I was going to ask you, in fact, the next question was about communication because you had talked about it last time. And that was one of the, you know, building relationships with students and their families um, and, and just establishing high quality communication. You said that was one of the things that you were thinking a lot about what's the best way to do it. You've, you've brought up obviously a topic that involves communication and clearly it was very successful. Um, what, what else is happening on that front? I mean, I know you were talking about, you know, it, there's a fine line between like over communicating and getting the right information at the right time. I was really intrigued by that conversation. Have you sort of cracked the code there or at least learned some, some lessons as the best way to, to go about doing it that would help others? So what I'm learning is uh, really myself communicating with other colleagues and other offices so that we can use the same channels of communication to uh, push out information. So I'll give you an example. Yesterday's offering was in partnership with three offices. So we got together and we were able to reach more parents because the, all of the offices communicated the same message rather than me only targeting the, the L families. So that, that is something that I'm continuing to grow on um, and really involving people uh, in our projects, seeking to be part of other projects so that all kids can win as a result. Because this is something where we have to think about um, every single family and how we can have systems in place where they know where to access key things. Yeah, that's all part of the kind of all hands on deck. And, and to quote the name of the series, the end this together thing, it's not just we're not working sort of, you know, in little silos here, we're being forced to work with others. And I love that what you're talking about, about getting other departments together to coordinate, to send out messages so that they're, they're consistent and similar, because realistically, a lot of the needs that families of English learners have are the same needs that other families have as well. We just need to kind of tweak the messages in certain ways to make sure that we're reaching them in the way that, um, that we need to. Um, and that actually brings up another, another, you're like transitioning really nicely into the questions that I wanted to ask you. So like the, the, you know, in terms of reaching different types of students, we know that English learners are on a sort of wide spectrum of both skills with the language and socioeconomic. And they're, they're, you know, it's a very diverse group of students within one group. And we, and I say we, because I've definitely made the mistake before of sort of clumping them all into one group. But now then in Vicky Saldala from Broward, who's also on this series, really does a great job at calling me out on that, which I very much appreciate. And she did last time, which was good. Um, so how are you addressing that at this point? Or how are you planning on it? You're going back September 8th. 
you know, identifying the unique needs of those particular students so that, that you're able to serve them uh, equitably. So one of the things that we established when we were identifying uh, vulnerable learners was that we wanted uh, more than the ESOL teacher to be part of this conversation. So um, part of the committee is you have an administrator, you have an ESOL teacher, and you have a general education teacher. And I will say that one of the things that I'm really proud of that we've been very intentional about in, in Prince William is building leaders of L's. So that is really key because they've received training and support on who is a level one, who is a newcomer, who is a student with interrupted formal education, education, and they can influence the process in collaboration with the ESOL teacher. Now, we have new leaders. So that was one of the questions. How do we support someone who is brand new to this and is uh, tasked with leading this effort? So we partner with the Office of Professional Learning and the Leadership Development Supervisor to allow us to have space during her sessions to really support leaders in understanding this is what this level and language, language proficiency level means. And this is um, really how we get to be in a, a leader of L because it starts with the school leader. Um, they're the ones that are signing uh, on this document. They're making decisions. Um, and you know this, right, without their support, and, and having leaders who are culturally responsive and understand the needs of our students, we really can um, move forward. So we're being very intentional about supporting school leaders, engaging in conversations with them uh, beyond the email and beyond the document, uh, really hosting focus groups, uh, being available over the phone. So if they have questions, we can walk them through the process, which is really nice because it affords us to build relationships and ask questions about, okay, tell me more. I'm curious about that. And for me, it's beautiful, the aha moments, because at the end of the conversation, you can, oh, okay, um, which tells me that our kids are going to win as a result. Um, so, so seeking to, again, support people at the school level and going beyond the email document. Yeah, it just never ceases to amaze me in the last few months how many times I have conversations like this and it just seems like communication is, it, it's just so much better now in, in many ways like because we have to communicate about things and even though we're not seeing each other face-to-face -face as much, we're just really utilizing all these other tools, whether it be a simple phone call, like you said, or Zoom meetings or whatever the case may be. It's really nice to hear. Yeah, and I allow leaders and, and the teachers also to be vulnerable and ask questions because I'm not expecting everyone to know, to know the work that we're doing. That's what we're here uh, for. So grace, patience, and I will say availability. Uh, this is something that we've talked a lot about in the office. Let's reflect on our presence because previously I was in schools all the time, but how do I let people know I'm here if you need me. Uh, you can call me if you need me. When is the meeting happening so I can be there and supporting you? So really making sure that our presence is out there uh, and that they can see value in what we can offer them 
and, and really not negotiating high expectations for students because we're going to be back in a different way. Right. So how about, you know, all of this, these changes have required, obviously, a, a different kind of and a focused level of professional development. We talked a lot about that last time, about some of the changes to professional learning. Um, I don't know if you've done anything between now and the last time we talked, but I do know you have some plans. So I'm curious to hear both about whether anything's happened in, in, the, in the world of professional development for teachers in the last few weeks since we last talked and how it went, and then maybe what your plans are moving forward. So we have, we have, and I will say uh, it's one of the things that excites me about what we're doing in the office because um, our folks have been quick to identify needs. And that's because they're in touch with teachers. So those listening sessions let you know where people are and, and you can really use them to measure the temperature of what is it that people need now. I will say that when it comes to L instruction, our teachers are strong. We've done professional development for such a long time, but we kept hearing, okay, how do I do this in a virtual environment? So we shifted. We said, okay, how does co-teaching uh, look in a virtual environment? We had Dr. Elisa Deeker come and she did a lot of training um, last week with our teachers. And we did something really unique and special because we felt that the transition was giving some some teachers a, a little bit of anxiety because they want to do well. Yeah, understandable. Uh, and, and historically, they have done well. So we offer sessions on thriving in a virtual environment. So how do you take care of yourself? How do you prioritize uh, what needs to be done? I, I find that social media sometimes can add to that because they feel as if they have to have all the emojis and all the, you know, pixie dust that they see. But really, what is it that our kids need? Um, and, and letting them know, got to take care of yourself because this takes creativity. And we talked about this during the last episode, um, renewal, restoration and focus uh, to get to creativity and innovation. And that cognitive fitness. Uh, stress can be good if you know how to use it, but if you're overwhelmed uh, by, by what's coming, then you might not be as, as effective. So they loved the session. It, they were short and the feedback was just amazing. So I'm glad we did that because they needed it. Good, good. And I'm, I'm noticing a bit of a thread in a couple of things that you said, you know, you, you you mentioned earlier when, when you were talking to parents you, that you said you're just kind of doing life together and there were no snacks or anything like that, which I, which I, it totally resonates with me because you'd always say, you want people to come bring food, right? That was like always the teacher thing to say, but you did these things and you did them very successfully. And then you just said, you're talking about the pixie dust and the emojis and, but really when you strip everything down, it, it really comes to that, that just human connection, being able to rely on one another, being able to be vulnerable, being able to have a little bit of grace with others and yourself. And I love it that you mentioned both last time and this time, and you hear it so much, but I just think it's so, so important to be able to just think about yourself as a, as a teacher, as an educator, take the time, if not for yourself, for everybody else that you're working with, although you should always do it for yourself as well. I mean, I think that's 
really important. And the stress, like you said, can really get in the way. Um, I know it motivates me to do certain things, but then there's a level where it's like shutdown mode. So I appreciate you bringing that up again. No, and you know, when you um, said about bringing snacks, I now, if someone said that, I would argue that what you need is to bring yourself, your honest self. People are looking to know that you see them, that you value them, that even if your story is not the same, um, because we all have different needs, right? I have, I have um, freshmen in college, so I might not understand uh, having kids running around in my place, but I still want people to know I hear you, I see you. Uh, and, and how you feel matters to me. And we're going to take that into consideration as, as we plan. And I said, said it last time, I stand ready to be uh, flexible and to listen to people because without them, we can't get to the goal. Yeah. Yep. Taking care of yourself and taking care of others um, as well. Seems like a big, big priorities for you and Prince William, which I think is really crucial. How, how would you say your teachers are feeling right now, aside from just sort of anxious, but hopefully knowing that they have support? And particularly those teachers who are going to be working with English learners. I mean, you mentioned the, that they're nervous about the remote, which is totally understandable. But have you been able to take the pulse at all? So I've talked to some of them and, you know, they, they miss their kids. They miss their kids. And um, I do, too. Uh, they have been making connections with them. We have some that have actually taken the model of parent engagement and done it for their schools. So that has been really nice because at the end, you, you want to make sure that you're building leaders. And so that's exciting. Um, and I think they just, they just want to know, okay, let them come so that we can start assessing the plan. And um, I'm waiting for that too. I want to see little faces either in person or Zoom. I know I'm going to be, you know, the first week I'm planning to be in schools just to connect with our teachers and with kids. And we'll, we'll reflect as soon as, as we start and see, okay, where, where do we go? What else do we need to do? Uh, and then I'm looking forward to hearing from them. Yeah, I think we all are. And I think everybody's hopefully going to breathe a nice sigh of relief when they finally see their students, whatever, in whatever, you know, mode that may be. Uh, I, I feel like at some point your instinct or your training or what you were born to do in some ways uh, just comes out at that point. And I'm hoping that that happens. And it's, and it will say that it seems like from the folks that I've talked to who have started school, they have nothing but really great things to say. You know, they're telling me that there's glitches that there's gremlins Dr. Johnson talked about in Texas, but they're learning. Those are all learning opportunities. You, there is no way we're going to avoid technical issues. And when we get hung up on, oh, what if, that's when we run into problems. You know, we have to look at them as, um, as learning opportunities. What, what's been the biggest surprise that you've experienced since we last talked three weeks ago? Hmm, there's, I guess there's many surprises, but you know what? I'm going to use mine as an example. Um, all the learning that I've had to do, to do because my training has been more in person. Uh, I've had to engage in a lot of new learning to be prepared to support um, our people. And I'm okay with that. 
but when you have so much schooling and so many years of experience, it can be perceived as you have the answers. And sharing space with, with other people uh, has taught me, oh, there's a lot more to learn. And you always know that, but even the technology piece, uh, just learning about all these tools that I didn't use when I was a teacher, uh, and then assessing different programs and then looking, okay, how can we do this effectively to support folks has been, um, has been surprising because it has taught me, okay, uh, I can be better. And I've also fallen in love with some things that I didn't use before. So um, I, I hope that all leaders know, hey, ditch perfection, because I know I did early on. Uh, and just think about what can you learn uh, so that you can be better as a result and really engaging a lot in learning about best practices, plus the leadership, how to lead people through a crisis. This is the first time that I've had to do this. So I keep a, a little notebook of lessons learned. Hopefully there's not another one, but then how I'm becoming stronger as a result of this. Yeah. Yeah. And, and coming from someone who I know just from the conversations that we've had, and, and I think most people will, will feel that who, who embraces learning and who's in education to, to say that the biggest surprise is all the learning. That's, that's powerful because there is, there must be an incredible amount that you have to do to keep up. Um, not that, you know, you're going to ever have all of the answers, but you are a leader. And so you want to be able to actually get those answers when, when you need to. And we talked about that last time as well. And Steve, it can be overwhelming. And uh, the reason I say learning is because remember, initially, we as educators were being bombarded with all these emails from, from companies and strategies and different things. But we're talking about L's. So not everything that we were receiving was targeting their needs. So I really had to learn to dissect because um, it appeared, oh, this is the solution. But when you look down to what our kids need, uh, it could be dangerous if you just settle for anything. So that has been um, very important for us and just letting people know, okay, hold on, hold on. That might be good for this uh, population, but our kids' needs are different. Right. Just because it's shiny and new doesn't mean it's going to solve the problem. Correct. Right? Yeah, Correct. I know, I know how that is. Um, so you've talked a lot about being sort of vulnerable. You've used that word a few times today and a few times last time. And I think it was one of the main goals of what we wanted to accomplish here is just letting people know that are listening or watching that, you know, nobody has all the answers and it's okay to be vulnerable. So I'm, I'm just going to ask you this question. How are you doing right now? I am doing well. I'm doing well. Um, I, I said this to everyone who asked me. I keep coming back because I'm committed to this work. And I will come back because our kids deserve uh, people who are committed to this, to this work. I can't wait for September 8th uh, just to see kids and, and making sure that they have what, what they need. Uh, this was me. So I, I totally get it. I didn't have schooling for close to seven months uh, when I was in Puerto Rico as a result of the hurricane. So I go back to how I felt. I want to see my friends. I want to see my teacher. And, and that has me all fired up to just do this work and, and make sure that while 
some of them are not going to be in person, that it's still a magical experience because it's all about the connection and how we receive them. And I'm confident that that we can do that we can do it. They're not looking for bells and whistles. They're just looking for someone who says, hey, I see you and I'm I'm ready to make sure that this is a, a good year. You know, it's amazing that people say that this is an unprecedented situation. And I think in many ways, obviously it is an unprecedented situation, but there are, I hear from so many people about their own experiences, yours in, in Puerto Rico with, with the storm and not being in school for seven months. Others have mentioned other things that are a little bit older and have experienced things like measles and things like that. You know, if we just think as best we can about putting ourselves in the shoes of the students who are coming back and even the teachers, I think it's helpful. Not all of us have something you know, that sort of tangible to go back to. But when we do, and when we can think about it that way, it must be really helpful. So I appreciate you bringing up that example uh, in your own life. Um, so looking ahead, uh, we'll talk again after school starts for you. What do you think, what do you sort of want to be talking about in the next couple of weeks? Like, what do you, what do you, what are you expecting to happen? What do you hope will happen um, when we talk again? Well, by then, I think I would have visited schools. So um, I, I just want to talk about how I feel. It's been a couple of months since we saw students. So I, I don't know. And I have to go back. I, I'm itching just to, to see them. And um, I know it's going to be a little different, but I know they can't wait. And I can't wait either. And I want to talk to to teachers about how the professional learning that they experience is helping them uh, so that we can, you know, either make changes or enhance what we already have, because at the end, I'm here to serve them. And um, I don't know, I, I would like to talk about, OK, we had a good, smooth uh, start of the year and I'm confident everyone is is working so hard. Uh, of course, we can't control uh, COVID uh, because, you know, if we could, it, it would be gone, but we're, we're doing the best that we can. So I can't wait to talk about that first day. Yeah, that's going to be an exciting conversation. I, I wanted to ask you that question just because I'm, I'm curious to, to hear what you're thinking about. But we'll confirm all that in a few weeks when we, when we talk again. Um, in the meantime... Best of luck uh, with the beginning of school. You can tell how excited you are, and that's great. That's what we need. That's contagious. Um, I'm sure it'll go well, and uh, you know we'll, we'll be we'll be sort of listening in from the from the sidelines and cheering you all on. And we'll talk again after you start. And with that, Lynn, thank you so much for joining us uh, for this second episode of In This Together. We really appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you.